OneOfUs.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to OneOfUs.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. Welcome to Deliberations of Doom. I'm Nicholas. I'm Alan. I'm Patience. And I am Chris. <laughs> so spooky. Why are you spooky, Chris, today? I don't know. It's Deliberations of Doom. I'm always spooky, Chris, on, on Deliberations of Doom because it's a spooky show. Is it, though? I'm, I'm Sneezy Alan. Yeah. <laughs> sneezy spooky Alan. Chris and Sneezy Alan. I'm regular size Nicholas. <laughs> I can guarantee you, I mean, I'm not a sensitive or anything, but I know for sure this house is full of spirits. Uh, you know, there's more than one. We have shot lows here today with there's us. There's whiskey, so. there's tequila, there's, there's vodka. beer, there's <laughs> vodka. As, as we do, you know, uh, we are here, of course, to talk horror movies. That is our job. And we have eight movies to talk about this week. And our theme for this and the next two shows will be sequels. Now, this is the brainchild of Alan, so I think Alan should old, explain. Old sneezy Alan over here. <laughs> well, it's funny because like at one point, the, when the Summers Brothers on here, they wanted to do a show where it was only like, what, the fifth movie in a series? Yeah, they, or, yeah like the third or fifth movie I was like, in a series. Oh, that sounds terrible, but, but I love your idea. Yeah, idea. Well, yeah, because as we've I'm sure all seen, sequels reach a certain like peak point where they kind of start to go a little off the rails, and that's usually around part four, five, six... So doing nothing but part fives is like watching a bunch of things, just like swinging for the fences. <laughs> right. Um, a lot of misses in there. But like going like a remake through a part eight, you kind of get to see a progression. Even if it's not in the same franchise, you kind of get to see how things happen, like what you need in the sequel, and what you need in part four. It really is true because the plots just get more and more fucking bonkers oh, as yeah. you go through it. Like, you start off really good and strong, and then by five or six, like you said, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. This doesn't even make any sense. So we uh, decided, or Alan suggested, and we all went, yes, great idea, that we do it like one through eight with each movie, each number being this, that sequel, like a second movie, a third movie, a fourth movie, with the first film being a remake. Yeah. But before we get to that, I believe we have some fan questions. We do. Alan, had you organized that? Had you uh, put um, that together? I have a couple. Well, actually, I think Patience is on that I got it. I am. Okay. So go ahead and ask one of um, them damn questions. So we have a question from first-time caller, long-time listener, <laughs> Nick Tyus. Hi, Nick. We love you, Nick. You check out his He's own podcast, Unapologetic un- Geek un- Out. Un- unapologetic Geek Out. He's, uh, and I, intro, he's my boy. And he says, what is your favorite taking a vacation with the concept sequel? For example, Jason Takes Manhattan or Leprechaun in Space. Oh. So, like, your favorite horror movie that goes... That gets transposed to yeah. some other place. Does Gilligan's Island go to Hawaii count? I mean, <laughs> yeah. there was a horror storyline going on in that. It was a cursed idol, remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, so that's your pick? pick? No, it's not my pick. All right, Chris's pick is Gilligan's no. Island. Yeah. <laughs> Gilligan's Island. I would rewatch it. Where Ginger <laughs> takes a shower. <laughs> or is it, are you a Marianne kind of guy? <laughs> oh, definitely kind of a cross between the two. I, I'm like the, like, put Marianne's brain in Ginger's body and you've got a deal. <laughs> there you go. Oh, crap. Okay, so I thought about this and I just, okay, so I think this counts because technically in the very first Predator, the Predator's on vacation. We find this out in uh, later movies. That's true. <laughs> okay. It's he, a big game hunting yes, expedition. Yes, exactly. That's- so he's on vacation in the first movie. <laughs> but- this, I know it's pedantic, <laughs> but I'm, I'm sticking with it. Okay, I'm, I'm with it. I mean, I almost would be like Predator Two would be almost better because he's in a city. I mean, I mean he's from outer space. Where so every is, everywhere, exactly. is. <laughs> I'm not sure that even counts. Well, right? This counts. I'm telling you, the one that comes to mind for me is even a little. It's Jaws 3D. Oh, he's still in the water, but 
he's at SeaWorld, which is like fucking wild. <laughs> he's literally in a vacation spot. He's there just like fucking up, bring Dennis Quaid up again. We were talking about him before off show. <laughs> Dennis Quaid's a the theme <laughs> we of this were, podcast. Yeah, we were having like, a conversation. Yeah, I, I kind of like it. He's just like, they have the skiers, you know, that awful 3D scene where it's just like a cardboard shark slowly inching towards the glass. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. He's like in a structural environment, not just out in the ocean. What do you think, Nick? Um, I think my obvious choice would be Jason X, right? Yeah. Is, you know, Leprechaun in Space and Jason Takes Manhattan. It's kind of the combination of those two things. Right. Exactly. But also it is... Uh, and just as preposterous. It's so stupid. It's such a fun, <laughs> stupid movie. We were talking about it last night and Nick's like, when the holodeck scene? <laughs> when they're trying, and trying to distract Jason. And that movie, like, yeah, it's really Jason Goes to Canada because that shit is so Canadian, that movie. <laughs> like, more so... I don't know if the other Jasons or Friday the 13th for Canada, like, driven cast, but that movie is, like, Canada it's as Canada. hell. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I go with Wes Craven's new nightmare mm, because he's in Los Angeles. He's not from Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. He transposes from Elm Street to L.A. Also, right. like, from <laughs> fictional to real. True. Right. I still yeah. quote unquote I, real. I so love that movie. Yeah, I love it, too. <laughs> I, it is. It's, it's, I like New Nightmare, yeah. All right, so I had a question I wanted to pose to you guys, and I thought this was timely since, obviously, a lot of people seem to be meditating about how they feel on every tiny detail about Avengers Endgame, which looks is being posed to be the most successful film financially of all time, uh, and arguably, critically, uh, as as far as, like, like straight-up ratings like it's it's being highly I, I don't I don't think I've seen a single critic rating, I'm sure Armand White would disagree, but out there that <laughs> is like anything less than like a six. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even people I know who are like, eh, it's good still really liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh but and I was not one of those ten people. I was an eight person, so I know I'm gonna get shit for that eventually. <laughs> My question is, now that we're kind of starting to a new era of the Marvel Universe and there are already rumors and Feige has hinted as much as we're bringing the horror stuff in. I mean, we know the new Mutants, which is going to be one of the last Fox films probably to be released in them, is a straight-up horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they've said we're talking actively to Wesley Snipes about coming back as Blade Fuck in a Blade yes. movie. Which makes me really excited, especially because I keep envisioning, you know, all right, so I love those first two Blade movies, and when he spikes them and they turn to dust. I mean, it's old school CG. It doesn't look fantastic yeah. now. Imagine that with like new school CG where yeah. it looks amazing and gory and horrific. What do you guys want to see happen in the Marvel universe in terms of bringing in the horror? Well, Blade's a good yeah, start. Like, exactly. I mean, you also have to be concerned as if they're going to stick with like what's rated R should stay rated R. Mm-hmm. I know they've already said like Deadpool and stuff that's into the mix will remain like, on that level of... So, like, it seems they are willing if a story requires an R rating for them to keep it that way. I still keep hoping they're going to come up with a new label called, like, with the Marvel Knights label, the way they yeah, did years ago in the comics, where it was like, you know, I don't want to sound like Baywatch Knights, it's spelled with a K, but they, they <laughs> for a while, they had a whole, oh, this is our adult stuff under that, with, like, heroes, or uh, the, the anti-heroes like that. They should do that in the film. They yeah. were, like, crime solvers. <laughs> So stupid. Well, I'm Baywatch, Baywatch Nights. Nights. <laughs> they did fight vampires and shit, though, to be so fair. Stupid. And Baywatch Nights, they fought. That's the one I want then. Marvel yeah. to bring. There was Baywatch like serial Nights. killers and stuff, but there were also like vampires and werewolves. Uh, and that's no, uh, okay. So Blade is probably my favorite Marvel franchise, and I, I mean, I even love three. Don't, don't even get there with me I about lo- there are things I Ryan like about Reynolds three. and Jessica Biel. Three is, is Jessica Biel is not the thing I like, but Ryan Reynolds was Ryan pretty Reynolds. good. It was pretty great. It was pretty, great. Was pretty yeah. great in that. Um, I am wearing my Punisher shirt today, so yeah. I would love to see like another like super gritty like borderline horror Punisher movie. I'd like to see it based off of the Punisher Max. Yes. Comic series. Oh yeah, by Garth Ennis. Yeah, yeah something some super. Sauce. Like I, mean, I know not, he's dark. But. It's dark, yeah, and rated R, not really horror, I guess. I definitely, yeah. I definitely just want him to introduce into the proper universe. I mean, they did it on Agents of Shield, which it appears they're going to keep canon at this point. Um, but the Darkhold and how that's this huge effect on the Marvel Universe, which ties into Count Dracula, which is officially a Marvel character. <laughs> and, and boy, doesn't Marvel officially have the devil as a character too? Mephisto. Well, there's a bunch of devils. Okay. Mephisto is the one who looks like the traditional the devil, devil okay, yeah. but there's a bunch of different. Give devils. that guy. That's actually that's that's a pretty cool idea. There's like a real brief Daredevil run where he fought Mephisto and uh, Silver Surfer came in to like help him out at the end. As you would imagine, he would need some help. Yeah, <laughs> Daredevil Street. 
level hero. I, yes. I see real well. And it's with like the hearing. biggest Mephisto you've ever seen, too. Like he's like a mountain. And Kaiju Daredevil's. Mephisto. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see that. Movie. Yeah, and Blade is like if you bring Blade in, then what's the uh, Spider Man? Villain Morpheus, Morpheus? Uh, no, no Mo- Mobius. Mobius is uh, no, no. It is it, wait. Is Mo- Mobius? Yeah, it is Mobius. I think it's Mobius. Um, yeah, they uh, Sony's doing a movie of him. Oh, yeah, yeah. they already. Oh, announced. I forgot Sony still yeah. has those guys. But uh, there were they had a zombie character. Do you remember that? There's a whole run of zombie books with a zombie who was like had it like his whole thing is he still had some of his human memories so he was almost like a swamp thing analog mm-hmm. and he was like stumbling through the swamps and shit and like and like would end up saving people who he was related to in his previous life from new real life stuff coming at was him this a, was it a good comic book read? it sounds like a <laughs> I, I remember i read it when i was a kid but yeah. there's like a whole like a central volume of it okay. you know it's like okay um, Marvel's never been as good at the horror stuff as DC has. That's yeah. a one thing I'll always say DC nailed it. But man, the next Doctor Strange movie is Nightmare as the villain, which I'm like really psyched about. Cause yeah. that is straight up, I mean, obviously we know the writer and I was oh, like, actually, yeah, a friend of the us. And, and he's working, doing it with Scott Derrickson. Yeah. And they who, have the horror roots. Who's, their roots yeah. are all about horrors. And they're like, yeah, we've just been basically biding our time to convince Marvel to let us do a horror movie. <laughs> God, so just let us do it already. Yeah. Sweet, yeah. Yeah. Nightmare make a better villain than Marilyn Manson. So, yeah, I mean, it, it almost makes me, <laughs> a little, it makes me almost <laughs> worried if Marvel's going to get like, I I love the end game. I love it, but man, if Marvel starts like expanding fully and say they have the horror set, like are all movies just going to be Marvel movies? Like, well, yeah, it's not going to be Disney. Yeah, well, you're right, going to exactly. own the entirety exactly. so of Disney. Just bought like I think AT and T's percentage of a Hulu, so now they own seventy five percent of it, Jeez. and now they're negotiating to get the final bit of it to own the whole thing outright. It's, they're just going to own everything. They're making great products, which is cool, but also same time. a terrifyingly giant yeah. corporation. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty, um, it's evil corp. Yeah, yeah. it's. it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Although I am all for Chris Evans running for president, I'm just saying. Yeah, I'd vote for him. He's yeah. so dreamy. <laughs> Did you see all the stuff about a uh, hot Hulk that was going around today? There are all these. Uh, uh, Feminist think pieces about how hot Hulk Hulk is in the new movie is the hottest character in any superhero movie ever. <laughs> He's like smart and sensitive, but also just fucking ripped. But it's also weirdly kind of a dad bod at the same time. <laughs> he also, he's like wears glasses and sweaters. He's got a little bit of gray, but he's very like intelligent. Like, wow, this is yeah. People were already saying this about Mark Ruffalo for years. <laughs> yeah, he's so sure. like, yeah. It's Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> he's finally got it in the Hulk. Yeah, uh, made me laugh. Anyway, uh, I hope they go into in the comics right now. Hulk is a horror comic. Uh, because they established that he literally cannot die. It's called the Immortal Hulk. He can't die. I mean, there's a run- part of the comic where they cut off him up into like ten pieces, and all those pieces are still alive and manage to escape <laughs> and reform because <laughs> wow. he can't die. And it's about so, kind of his existential, like, like re- almost reverse existentialism, where he's like, "I will not die. So now, what do I do?" <laughs> <laughs> kind of cool. Anyway, let's get into the horror movies oh we're here God. to talk about. And we're going to start off with the, the, the first one, which is, we had said, like, obviously a sequel is not a number one, by definition, but we remake. Uh, a remake is, like, it's a sort of a first sequel, because they're very referential to the beginning. Yeah. Like, it has roots in the past, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, we did have somebody, and I don't know, a question. I, I'm curious. Oh, I'm I, sorry. Did you want to do another question? No, no, no. Uh, we did have somebody, Michael Buck, one of our listeners, asked if we would do a review of the unrated version, and I did watch the unrated I did version. Not. I couldn't get a hold of one, and yeah. I got to say- I, I bought it. I bought it. Okay. I, I didn't know it existed until after I rewatched my mm-hmm. Blu-ray. It came out in Same. 2016. You watched that Blu-ray, the one they released, you're like, you mean there's a gore in your I couldn't exactly. imagine an unrated so, one. I'm I have it in my notes. In yes. my notes, it's like, there's an unrated version yeah, of this? I'm super excited because, okay, so I just want to say about Evil Dead. The first time I watched it, I watched the unrated version when it very first came out. I was like, okay, this is an okay movie. I watched the unrated version. It's so much better. Yeah, everything I read was that, like, as if you, you even... I love this remake, by the way. It's my favorite <sighs> horror movie. So remake, good. Period. I think it's amazing. And every time I watch it, I like it more. And... Every review I read of the uh, the unrated one said, "If you love the original, believe me. Once you see this, you're going to say this is the essential version." Huh. Uh, uh, it's on Google Play for three ninety nine, y'all. Okay, I I might need to watch it because I this is 
the first time seeing it since it came out. And I was a little lower on this movie than I was back then. I thought it was just like fine. Oh, so maybe yeah. the underrated thing exactly. I needed to see. It. Exactly. The first time I watched it, I was like, oh, this is a, it's a decent remake. It's not the shittiest remake I've ever seen, but it's okay. The underrated version changed my life. This is, uh, came, came out in 2013. I got to see this at South by Southwest, which was a lot of fun, even though my seats sucked. Uh, <laughs> oh, first world problems. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, directed by Fede Alvarez, and this was his really big break, was yeah. getting a chance to do this movie. And everyone was very, I mean, like, Evil Dead fandom and horror is one of the most, like, hardcore fandoms. And for them to say we're doing an Evil Dead movie and Bruce Campbell ain't in it, uh, people freaked the fuck out. Oh, yeah, and Sam Raimi's not directing it. People were like, well, that's going to suck. Yeah. They, Fede Alvarez realized that this was going to be a make-or-break film for him, and he I went, we have to make all the right decisions here. And I'm not sure that he did that absolutely, but the one thing he did make the absolute right decision is, this is like 98% practical horror effects, and it's so close to being NC-17 instead of R that it was really down to the last second as before release that they got the R rating for it. I think watching this, on rewatching this, I actually feel like it's shockingly close to the feel of the original Evil Dead. And I mean, it's precious to all of us. We love Sam Raimi. We love the original movies. But this one, it's, you know, it's got the sort of wooden acting that you expect and kind of bare bones plot that you'd expect. But the inventiveness of the gore and then in the practical special effects and also the cinematography really elevated it. I thought this was a constantly interesting movie. Oh, yeah. by the way, didn't you write synopsises? Was that you? Somebody wrote synopsis. I've got a synopsis. Oh, you wrote the synopsis. All right, read your synopsis of Evil Dead. Okay, remake. so uh, young girl Mia, she's quitting heroin and she's going to a cabin out in the woods with friends and family to get through the withdrawal process. Uh, it's not long before they find a hidden cellar, very scary cellar, of course, and then they unleash evil forces. And Mia's the first to witness that. Uh, they assume it's withdrawal on Mia's end, because she's freaking out about it, but this, we all know it's not the case. And it's not long before Olivia and Natalie, the two female friends, are possessed as well, and Mia's brother, David, is trying to keep them safe, while Eric, who's also a friend and a high school teacher, is trying to decipher the the warnings in the Book of the Dead that they need to... Classically unwise thing to do. Yeah. yeah. And saying I'm it out loud. Totally, it's like, I'm like, the guy do not read this out loud. And he's like, as he reads it I out loud. I see. <laughs> that's actually in my notes. I was like, so he's basically Chris Cox. Yeah. Because Chris Cox would be like, oh, there's a Latin passage in this book. I'm going to read it out loud. What do you mean? Do not, do not read. Don't you tell me what to do. Do you think you're better awesome. than me? Never <laughs> go camping with Chris. Exactly. Seriously. Or give him a Ouija board. There's or- a strange noise. He's going haunt, to look at it. He's like, yeah, you're dead like meat. He, we're all going to die. I'd probably be the guy. final girl. Because <laughs> you're just like making bad decisions. Anyway. Yeah, I'm kind of the Tucker and Dale of my own life. <laughs> like, why is um, everything bad happening around me? Yeah. I have no idea. One exactly. of the things I love about this, when the very first scene is just absolutely mesmerizing where, you know, that you, you, it's find, disturbing. It's, it's, it's fantastic. So and it's like this chick and she's like bolted or tied or chained to a pillar and her, and then you find out that, you know, she's possessed and it's her dad who's going to shoot her in the face Except and burn her alive. It plays so well as though she's definitely innocent and there's right. definitely mm-hmm. these people being crazy. And so it's horrifying in that sense until you find out right before right. dad kills her that no, she is in fact possessed by a demon and, and she killed her mother. It feels like stuff. like you're starting a movie that's like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie or right. something like a redneck crazy Yeah, because redneck there's like, they, like, like, they look inbred. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, yeah, that whole sequence, I was thinking about that this time watching it. I'm like, that's a deeply disturbing and upsetting that's... sequence. If you've never seen an Evil Dead movie and you were just like, didn't even know what to expect, I can imagine going, I don't know if I can handle this movie yeah. after that. And to be fair, that 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 movie is that this scene is a fair brutal. warning for what this is to come. It has all and, of the. And it, it almost reminds me, it's like they're taking a page out of Sam Raimi's book with uh, "Drag Me yes, to Hell." That's exactly. Yeah. That's a very yeah. like cards on the table. This is going to be fucked up. Title, you know, exactly. like, it's like it's it's exactly. a total Sam Raimi movie, which is smart, but it's not a direct reference to the his Evil Dead movies. But it's kind of it feels very Sam Raimi as to do that type but of thing. But there are some direct references. I mean, they oh, definitely yeah. do oh, some yes, throwback yes. stuff that you're just like, oh, this is like so Evil Dead, and I, would, I love it. It's, I, 
I would argue that like some of the stuff they do that's really like has the audience going, yeah, we want to see that because it was some of the original were the points that I fall pull away from this movie. Yeah. Where I'm like, there's no reason to do the whole chainsaw bit and everything. I mean, it's cool. Uh, like, like, I, those I, moments I, where it's like, oh, this I is like what fit. happened in the first one. I was like, I don't need that. I'm loving the way this movie is so utterly standing entirely on its own that no, whenever I the references was, I think were it was just, enough. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's, I, no, no, no. I'm, I'm talking over you. I thought it was like more reverence. You know what Oh, I mean? it was. It's but, just like but homage. As, no, I, I completely I understand their reasoning and even the scenes are cool but I so enjoy this movie as its own thing. I almost don't want to be reminded of the other movie. I right. want to enjoy this entirely on its own merits. And not be sitting and thinking about a different movie. Yeah, I think a good example of that is like, well, I think the beginning of this movie, it didn't really work for me, honestly. I like the device of the heroin addiction. Like, it's, it's a perfect foil for me to be like, if she's getting possessed, people will be like, oh, chill out. We just need to like, you know, whatever. She's no matter what, you can't yeah. leave because you, you exactly. have to get it's, this. it's this clever one, but I think the movie is very, it's kind of clunky in that beginning. Like, something about this doesn't work for me at all, and I really, really, really hate the tree rape scene. Oh my gosh, tree Ugh. rape! I hate it. Like, and that's the thing where it's like, in the original, it's like kind of brutal and bad stuff, but like, the... It's also kind of absurd in the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's There's another level, and this one is just so mean, which I think this movie has its meanness and its teeth, it's both its advantage and sometimes its disadvantage. Like, it almost feels too visceral and mean. Ah, oh, but that's what I like about it. Ugh, I actually, see. disagree with that assessment. I think the original tree rape scene was a lot more disturbing and a lot more visceral because of the practical effects. I think this one, though it's sort of more brutal in its presentation, it's so over the top that it feels just a little cartoony to me in a way that actually makes it milder, in my I, mind. I, you know, I, like, I know it's really polished compared to the other one, but it doesn't, like... I hit me quite as hard. Like in the original, it felt more like, sense. like kind of gratuitous, like, oh, this is a horrible thing to do to a woman, right? W- which I know a lot of people have commented on since. This one, it was like, this is after a specific purpose. Like the tree is not doing this just because like the tree has got a woody. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's actually so getting possessed she's, as opposed to being It's raped, entering raped. her by the yeah. convenient orifice. And so it like doesn't seem to have a sexual element to it. And so it was like, Okay, uh, but it's sexual. I mean, it's it's the movie knows what it's it, it's right on that line, and to me, it barely crosses it. I'm not like dam- damning the movie because of it, and be like, "Fuck this movie." This is, I, but I think this is one of those things where, like, with the reference and the reverence of the old one, and then but with the like hardcoreness of this movie, it's like right on this edge. Where I'm just like, I don't know, a little bit hokey. It's a little, it's just a little much. That's so I love a little much. That's what I like so much about this movie is that it does it is a pushes little much. it so <laughs> yeah. hard. And that was the point of the original film was yeah. that everyone was like, I don't. People were leaving audience the theaters. They were like, I don't know if I can take this. It's too intense. And this movie's like, well, obviously now you watch The Evil Dead, it feels a little dated. It's still really good, but you would never walk out of a theater because of it. This one wants to be that movie that the original yeah, one was, so. where you're like, I can barely take this. And I it's think so it, it was successful at that, especially the unrated version that I watched. Man. And holy cow. Yeah, I was going to ask. Seriously, <laughs> like, woo! The so gore, what, do you know any factor. notable sequences that were like... Uh, I don't, I don't, I mean, honestly, I just think they just took the blood level up to 11. Mm. I really feel like there, I mean, other than, you know, just, I, I really don't feel there was too much of a difference other than the fact that there is just a lot more gore and blood. And by the way, 70,000 gallons of fake blood were used <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> I love amazing. that so much. Insane. So my two favorite scenes in this movie that freaked me out more than the tree rape, that's for, for, for sure, was when she like scalds herself in the shower. Yeah, that's a rough one. That one was like... Oh my god! But also when the dude and I don't is I don't know if this is in the unrated version when um did you say his name was Eric? Yeah, the school teacher guy, yep. the nerdy guy. He pulls the syringe out of his. Oh yeah, that's in, that's in it. Yeah, that's in the unrated version. Holy. F- which brings it to my point, the fact that you saw this underrated, you're like, man, this underrated thing is crazy. He's like, no. No, no. I saw that, too. <laughs> what? It's rated R. Technically, it wasn't in his eye. It was below his eye. Oh, oh this one. It seemed like it was no, in his eyeball, but like came, through his eyeball. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which is... And uh, then Eric is my MVP in this movie oh God, because so this awful. dude gets fucked up. 
<laughs> well, he has a lot to make up for because this yeah. is all his fault. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he read aloud from the stupid book in the first place. He's Chris Cox. What? But I don't think Chris well, Cox... Well, the difference being I would have lived and been untouched. Well, been I like, What's I happening? Yeah, you yeah. definitely would not have been lived through getting stabbed a million I times like, with a I'm going to go get some cigarettes. I'll be back. I'll come back like, what the fuck? I love, I love to imagine you just like casually strolling just on the outskirts of the woods. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's the little things I like that they did that were like, okay, first off, Alvarez does not want you to think he's copying Raimi's style. And he's not. The yeah, only shot in this that feels like Raimi is the shot you have to do, which is of the spirit going through the woods at that yeah. high speed. Yeah. That's the the signature shot of the Evil Dead movies, and, and which was a big thing for how Raimi did that at the time. That's a very Raimi shot, but you have to include yeah, that. And that's not, it's become so synonymous with so much horror that yeah. it's almost not even... It doesn't even count. It's, like, Raimi's just like, this Raimi is a horror anymore. reference almost. Right. Yeah, but so Alvarez has his own distinctive style here that I think is really good and very visceral and very fast moving it's not i don't think it quite tips over into cartoonish the way that Raimi's style always does it it stays safely on the on the side of not cartoonish which is almost like a good reminder because like people will kind of forget that the first evil dead isn't super hokey it's It's played pretty straight hard yeah yeah but like in our heads we remember evil dead 2 so much because it's the iconic or even army of darkness yeah um, but the first evil dead's played pretty straight and this one definitely is and i was gonna say even though i don't like the first act i think it's like when she first comes out with the shotgun like she's fully possessed like from that moment on the movie just like works oh yeah like i think it takes a it's there's issue with spatial awareness in this cabin like why people leaving people alone how do they not hear these things it's like that's kind of, but like once like it really tips over and they get her down in that cellar and stuff and things are just going ape shit, it does it so fucking well. And it doesn't stop. It's no, just it like just goes beat and goes, by beat yeah. by beat. And then just when you think it ends, then it takes a whole other turn because you're like, okay, everyone's dead. Mia's the only yeah. last survivor. And then the bloodbath happens. Yeah, and the, it just starts. The, yeah, blood rain. Yeah, the blood rain. And then oh, that end scene, I, and we're a full spoiler show, yeah. just FYI, but that end scene where she just chainsaws that ghost. Ghost bitch? Yeah. Well, presumably that she's the ice. Like, I was like, that's the girl from that's the beginning of the movie, yeah, right? Yeah, no, is it? I thought I it was think, just her. Uh, okay, like the maybe it was supposed to be her. Right. Okay. Yeah. I was, it's unclear because they're so covered oh, yeah. with mud and blood. No, I was definitely, not entirely it's clear. the same person. Okay. Right? Like, it's, it's, yeah, it's like her addiction she's fighting. Right. You have to right. use the metaphor of the yeah. movie. But yeah, just cutting but her cleanly just, in half with okay, the chainsaw. Oh, no. So in the unrated version, she just. Shoves the chainsaw down her throat. No, no, she does that too. for like a good three fucking minutes, <laughs> and it's just like blood. It's like Andy Warhol's Evil Dead. It's just, just like, like it's four hours of a chainsaw in someone's mouth. I swear, it, it felt like it was at least five minutes long, but it was probably more like a minute and a half, and it was amazing. And I cackled with glee. Of course, you did. All right, so I've got one. One of my only big complaints with this movie is right in the end, towards the end, uh, where the curse is solved or whatever, she's not possessed anymore, suddenly all of her self-inflicted injuries are gone. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, hold on, but that's not part of possession. Like, you scalded yourself and, like, cut yourself. I mean, it is magic and shit. That wouldn't disappear. I mean, yeah, that is, that is, I didn't even think about it. I mean, they've also, but that's true in the other films as well, the Raimi ones. Like, everybody's face is all cut up and horrible and bloated, and then it's fine. they look disgusting when they're possessed because they're possessed. In this case, she looks disgusting because she actually physically injured herself. That's true. She cut her tongue in half. Yeah. Which is hot. <laughs> wow! I think we just hit we a, learned a one thing. of Chris's fetishes. I, 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 have a, I have a weird qualm. It's something that's very nitpicky in movies. I hate people do this, but I'm going to do it. When uh, Eric fights, uh, what's her name, Olivia in the bathroom, mm-hmm. like you know, goes in there, she's crazy, and he fights her, and he like just smashes her head in, what and then the- people open the door. How are they just like believing him right away? <laughs> all they know is they open the door and she, her head smashes with the thing, and, and he's, he's like, like she, she tried, tried to kill, kill me. me. They're like, all right, dude. Like, as far as they know, he went in there, killed the shit out of her, and like, this is like, oh, no, we no, had a fight. No, like, it's a crazy story, guys. Yeah. Give me a second. So, You're going to want to hear this. You have no idea. It's like the one, I was just like, that's the spatial awareness thing, like the noise of it. This is like beating her, and you hear the screaming, and this thing, and they open the door, and her head's gone. And he's just like, oh, man, it's crazy. She tried to kill me. It's like, all right, dude, oh, man, oh, glad yeah, you're no, safe. Totally. So I remember when I saw this in the at South By, there was a thing that struck me immediately in the soundtrack that I was like, I love this this and it sounds like it on the outside on paper it wouldn't work but i think it works so well that 
Alvarez chose to use a sound of like a klaxon or a siren during the most intense sequences. Uh, yeah. Like it plays in the background of the soundtrack. Was like, like a sound like that in, indicates panic and uncomfortableness. Yeah. And everyone I talked to was like, "Was there? I didn't even hear it, dude. I never noticed." But it's I, yeah, it's noticed. totally there. And I'm like, and like every time it gets super heightened, that that'll be playing when the music's high. That's a big part of it. And it's not like buried in the mix either. It's pretty loud. I was like, that's. That re- reminds me of shit like with The Exorcist, where they were using like they were be- like using very, very, very yeah, high pitched subsonic sounds and stuff, and like doing neat I- experiments with the soundtrack to affect fear. And I think it really worked. Uh, yeah. I I'm so glad we I had a chance to rewatch this. I don't think I would have otherwise. And I it's it's a fantastic movie, and I do recommend the unrated version just for that extra bit of sp- blood splatter. It's I might just it. buy it. You can get it on Blu-ray for like. Uh, the unrated yeah, for like you can buy bucks. it on Amazon Prime you know. or, uh, like I said, I rented it on Google Play for three ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, I'd like. I mean, I'd like to check out that unrated version. It was this and um, for a later movie, Exorcist three has a different cut of it that yeah, I was like giant the to director's try to find. cut, I find the it. original like worth the lost footage and everything yeah, like that. I Exorcist was reading Exorcist three about Legion, that. yeah, which I'm dying to see that version. Which but. we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but I do want to point out first off, intro. There's lots of little hidden stuff throughout this movie, but the one that was the most fun is the le- the the first char- uh, letter in each character's name. They spell out demon. Uh, which nice. is fun, oh, which was that. very that's intentional. Cute. Also, I didn't know this. Uh, Alvarez and uh, Sa- Saigas, who's his friend and partner, um, wrote the script together, but they are not English speakers. So they, in fact, wrote it in very broken English. They brought in Diablo Cody to come in and rewrite it oh, and wow. Americanize it. So <laughs> basically take their stuff and translate it where it would be not sound like... Like, it'd be weird with a bunch of English-speaking white people who are, like, speaking broken English. That would have been odd. Which is what it would have been without Diablo Cody. It would have been a choice. Coming, it would have been and a choice. Alvarez's follow-up, I mean, I think his newest film, Don't Breathe, is absolutely I love, fantastic. I love Don't Breathe. People were weirdly critical of it, and I was like, no, what? He, that he, was just fun. It was a great you know, movie. I think, I think people, like, my unease with that tree rave scene, like, he has... He's like a there's a mean streak in his movies that is lacking from a lot of other horror and I think it rubs people the wrong way. I'm for it even though it I'm pushes it. it pushes up me up to my edge of like comf- what I'm comfortable with. But you know it's fucking horror like it's supposed to kind of like so tease that edge for you, which I enjoy. I so rarely see a horror movie that gets me to the point that I feel like I have to stop it and walk away from it because it's too intense. Uh, in a good way. And this is one of the only movies the last, like, decade I felt that way about where I'm like, this movie is so hardcore that, like, even as a devoted horror fan, I, I'm like, I, you have to look away from it occasionally. Like, Jesus fucking Christ movie. <laughs> what the fuck? I, and that's exactly what I feel like it should have been. I'm super excited to see what he does in the future. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he appears to be yeah. doing pretty well. So cheers. Cheers to here's if you're cheers at home, to him and cheers to this. If you're at home, it's time to do your shot. shot time. <laughs> and since we're getting up to the end of this, or it feels like we're getting to the end of it. Does I, I keep in kill count? We're doing a lot of body count. Yes. yes. Oh, thank you. So oh, wait, before we do kill count, oh, yes, can yeah. I say just one thing related to this? <laughs> I do have in my notes. There's a bit where Eric dies, and yes, it's pretty clear that he's probably dead. But uh, then David, without checking his vitals or anything, puts him face down in the in water. In the water? It's like, yeah. it's like, all right, well, he's definitely dead now. <laughs> if he's not dead, he's certainly not okay, used so to he get out of the eyeball, and he got stabbed at least two fatal stab wounds. And maybe 30 yeah, nails to various parts of his body. Dude, the yeah. nail gun stuff is uh, awesome. Is. That's one of the best sequences. It's, like, so brutal. And just that scene where like where Eric goes back in the house, and he's got he's actually there, fully possessed with the nail guns like yeah. that's amazing <laughs> um with all of that blood though we had a relatively low kill count low kill. it's six total seven six. if you include the dog we definitely include, the, include dog. the dog r.i.p yeah. grandpa long live grandpa at least he died off screen grandpa the dog yeah oh are we are we counting off screen deaths um sure, well you see me. you see the corpse okay like it's a confirmed kill okay. so <laughs> it'd be seven if it's the dog um i got definitely the, include i don't the dogs. think deaths count if people talk about them but we don't see the body or okay anything. but i also Maybe, don't yeah. think that Flashback scenes count yes, either. They do. Yes, they, no. no, they do. No. They die on screen. You see, but like 
Uh, I, I, I'm, I don't know. It depends. It depends. We're going to talk about Psycho 2 Because there are horror movies that have a lot of flashbacks. But if it, but if it flashes back to like a previous movie, I say that doesn't count. Exactly. So, okay, that doesn't count. Exactly. If it's like a flashback so, like, of something. In our next movie, Psycho 2, Janet Leigh's murder yeah, does exactly. not count. Yeah, exactly. I don't think yes. that counts. Exactly. Or, I mean, let's let the listeners decide. Yeah. Well, they can decide for us. No, we're pretty much right. We can have some authority here. Putting our foot down. To keep track of like maybe best kill at the end of all these for this movie oh. it has to be Mia killing evil Mia or there was yeah. a role with a chainsaw right yeah. oh, okay. it's undisputed that's but the best I kind right? of think I feel like Eric and and I know he didn't die right away but, that's but the, his progression of getting fucked up that, he has the, the mm-hmm. be, he has the worst time <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, the way the movie tries to convince you that Eric is the Ash character of the film like it oh, really yeah. tries to make you think that even though they're very certain they do not want want any character to be Ash, yeah. clearly, once you've seen the whole film. And I love that, that that's just a, a feint, because ultimately yeah. Mia is the only one who actually survives. It's one of the best... The, the third act of this movie is one... It's what seals the movie being, like, really good to me. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of, like, brutal, scary stuff when she's, like, crawling in between the walls and the machetes coming oh, in. Yeah. Oh, She rips her hand gross. off the jeep. Like, the whole... Everything in is just, like, Ripping brutal... Ripping her own hand just, off. Oh, dude. Twice, right? Just, uh, um, yeah. Olivia also cuts her own yeah. hand. Glasses guy getting his hand split in half. By the crowbar. Oh, God. Holy fuck. So many good. <laughs> Who doesn't know? Oh my God. <laughs> Who is your favorite kill, Nick? Uh, this one's not the kill, but it's a scene that you're referencing the bathroom scene with Eric and Olivia. Yeah, with the Where toilet. He, she goes cover. in there to get, like, um, whatever, sedatives or something, I think, for Mia. And he walks in and she's in the shower and he's like, Baby, you all right? And she's like, Cut oh. half of her face off. And- oh, yeah. And then that follows with the her stabbing him in the eyes with the syringe, and that whole sequence of just yeah. like, that's yeah. probably the most unse- unsettling part. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Up there. it's so good. That movie is awesome. Well, let's go on to our second movie, which is Psycho Two. Now I know people what you're saying. Psycho is an unassailable classic. It's Alfred Hitchcock. He changed the entire history of horror going forward, and some some would argue in also some bad ways. But at least in terms of people's interpretations of what the movie was supposed to be uh, saying. But obviously in a lot of very, like, strong, like, there would be no modern horror without Psycho and the way that it changed the entire industry. Especially what was allowed to even be shown in American cinemas. Mm -hmm. Now, the idea of making a sequel, even when this movie came out, was to a lot of people like, what the fuck are you doing? Like... Hitchcock is not directing it. It's 1983. And at That's, the time, I think it was the longest stretch between a first movie and its sequel ever. I think it was. At the time, yeah. And, 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 like, what, 22 years? Something yeah. Like that? And, and the original author, Robert Block, had written a sequel that was actually critically acclaimed, where Anthony Perkins' character, Norman Bates, it escapes from the insane asylum and goes to Hollywood because he wants to murder the people who are making a movie of his kills. Talk about, like, taking a vacation. Right. We, just, we should have been. But it was critically acclaimed, but they were like, the studio was actively offended by it. Said they were like, this is offensive towards Hollywood and everyone here and what we're trying to do, which is ridiculous, right? But they decided to do something different. And they got a guy who was a student and friend of Alfred Hitchcock, Richard Franklin, to come in here and do this. And people to this day write it off like it's not even worthy of consideration. But I feel like... This is one of the big surprises on this list of a film that yes. like shouldn't be any good at all. And, and it's great. It's pretty good. It's yeah. not bad. It's not great. It's I, pretty I, good. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna set up kind of say great, and I'm also gonna say this. I'm gonna start off with this. I prefer Psycho two to Psycho. Whoa! Whoa. Now I understand. I understand. Words, Psycho Alan. is like a classic. Mm-hmm. And Please I, write all your hate mail <laughs> at Chris Cox. See, I, I, prefer, <laughs> I didn't say it. He said it. I'm just saying, like, I prefer. Like, I've seen Psycho a, sh- a shit ton of times. I've seen Psycho two less. And this on the rewatch thing, like, I can rewatch Psycho two. Like, Psycho is a, its era. It's a classic. But I enjoy watching Psycho two. More. It's more I, fun. I love I love the balance of the reverence for Hitchcock that it has, but also realizing that this is a slasher in the early eighties and we gotta like kind of up this thing. Yeah. Like it's like a they do a really good job of balancing those two worlds in it and it's so entertaining. And like I, all the cheesy and legit good performance ways. 
I, I love it. Nick, what is the synopsis of Psycho 2? Oh, damn, Nick. Well, so it's been 22 years since the killings of the Bates Motel, and Norman Bates has just been released from 22 years in a mental hospital, and he's uh, he gets a job at a diner, he moves back into his old home, which is right next to the hotel, which he still owns, and uh, pretty soon his past comes back to haunt him, as well as the voice of his mother. Nice. So what was a good I think I like best about this movie is that in... Everybody, and I'm sure that everyone who's never seen this assumes, oh, so he gets released for some lame reason and he goes back and just starts killing he did people. His time. This movie, Norman Bates is the protagonist, not the anti-hero, not the antagonist. He is the good guy in this movie. Like, it's such a crazy idea, and I always, I have, a, I've said it a billion times, I have a weak spot for films that in any way deal with sort of understanding and forgiveness of someone who's done wrong things, where I'm like, I love the idea of redemption, and this is a movie that should, that pretends like it's a redemption arc for a character, like they're, like he's going to become a hero. Uh, it's not, mind you, <laughs> but, I like that he really wants to be. He's genuinely trying to be a good person, and he's kind of, like, stopped at every turn in ways that he sort of recognizes about himself, which mm. I think humanizes him. I do think, though... All right, so I just want to get this off my chest. I think the biggest problem with this movie is starting with the actual shower scene from the original one. Right, agreed. Because, like, a lot watching of people that... Criticized and I'm like, that. why are you reminding me how good this is? Oh, like, man. so overtly reminding me of how good this movie is, only to do something... Now, granted, for an 80s slasher, it's actually genuinely pretty good. Right? Yeah, 1983. You, get, you gotta figure that Sleepaway Camp came out that same year, right? So, like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That really does... Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. So, this is, the, this is what we're dealing with, and this is actually a really solid movie in that, that time, but... The original like, deleted the- shot of the original ending of this had, like, Anthony Perkins standing there naked with a vagina. I love that it opens with the second thing, although, because I know it's like, this is a mistake. You shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> right. But I almost like it is like... Check us out, motherfuckers. Yeah, Psycho. We're making a sequel. Remember Psycho? Classic. That's, Watch this shit. That's like, I, so stupid about it. Remember Psycho? Yeah, I know. Dude, I just like, changed everything. I understand the sentiment is bad, but I love the balls on it. It's just, yeah. It's yeah, just but, so wild. Yeah, but you can that. say the same thing for Gus Van Sant making a shot-for-shot shot remake, but we all know how that yeah. turned right. so. uh, One of my favorite things about this movie was I thought the cinematography was quite good. Incredible. There is um, some really excellent... Excellent shots. For example, there's at one point uh, Norman Bates gets uh, locked in his attic, and there's the shot that shows him from outside the window that pans down to these two kids breaking into the cellar. I have that in my notes as well. And it's then, beautiful. and then when one of the kids gets killed, there's it's like this shining knife behind this dirty basement mirror. And it's just all kind of like this cohesive, beautiful shot. And I was like, wow, that's... In 83, in slasher films or horror films, we were not getting this kind of cinematography outside of, you know, Alfred Hitchcock. Once again, this is a guy who was literally student and friend of Alfred Hitchcock. So he's not some, like, Johnny-come-lately slasher director. He did do Lost World. Um, And also, the... the Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, what, Jurassic Park 2? Yeah. Hey man, wait. Spielberg, Spielberg directed yeah. Jurassic Park. No, he, he he was he was in on Lost World. But the the cinematographer movie. of this movie is Dean Cundey. Okay. Oh, who's amazing? The John Carpenter's go-to guy. Like, yeah. yeah. Between yeah. him and and then the director of this did do Road Games and I think Patrick, which I've never seen Road, Road Games. Oh, Road Games. But Jamie Lee Curtis. Like I know that's that. kind of a rear yeah. window take, right? It's like Australian. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, it's so fucking good. And Patrick is also good. Like he, he has some horror bona fides, and he's like. I think a legit good director, a student of Hitchcock's, and Dean Cundey doing the cinematography on this. That's and a I great think, team up. And I, I legit think the script is super tight. Like, the balance of turning it into, like, a Agatha Christie-type mystery, like, is mm-hmm. he going crazy? Is it uh, Remembering the, that the original was, in fact, a suspense mystery Yeah, it's just like, well. who, like, is he actually going crazy? Who is calling him? Is he getting calls? Is it the... Is it, what's her name? Her character's name? 
something Crane. Oh, his uh, real mother. Norma. Oh, uh, Nor- uh, ne- uh, Norma's like, his, his original. His real mother. No, the, the sister oh. of the. Yeah. Okay, victims. so he did Lost World, the TV series. <laughs> very different. Very different. Sure, it's the same Richard Franklin. Yeah, he did Lost World, the TV, and Beastmaster, the TV series. Well, this was well. this was written by Tom Holland, who actually directed uh, the first Child's Play. Okay, yeah, uh, and he did Fright Night. He wrote oh, and directed the original love Fright, Fright Night. Night. You, we all know this, and he directed the. Langoliers and thinner. Yeah. See, yeah. this is saying. There are people like Thinner's all the aspects of this movie: cinematographer, director, writers, and there's real care to the history of it. They try so hard to yeah. be like true, but not to the point that they're not willing to try something different. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I will say, script wise and upfront, Norman Bates' doctor is a bad doctor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you should yeah. like it's Rob, a Robert, he's Robert like, Logia. Yeah. I'm gonna he, scare you. And he shouldn't do like the whole like, okay, you're out of here. Remember this house? You dressed up like your mom. You killed a lot of people. I know you want to stay here, but you sure? And he's like, yes. He's like, all right, I guess you can stay here. Yeah, that's, like, that's shit, not going to be a problem. Bad doctoring. <laughs> I mean, I, I love this movie, but that is a bad move. Like, oh, he should not be staying in this mom? home. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, I feel like I'm the girl that it. stays at the house is like. Meg Tilly? Or, yeah, Meg so Tilly. at first... Like, Who's, kind who of, apparently is insufferable in real uh, is life, that right? from everything I hear, yeah. And, and, she's I mean, the princess it, to me. Yeah. This movie. <laughs> well, she's... It, it makes sense at first that she, you know, she needs help, and Norman Bates is like a reasonably nice person. She doesn't know much of his history. But man, that first night in his place, like he's getting creepier and creepier by the moment, and she's still like... Man, I guess I'll stay yeah, but, here. But, she, but she's but doing the, that at the behest of her mother. Yeah, There's, we know that she, she has, has a gun. Yeah. As it, it comes out later, okay, she has a gun. She's ready for it. At one point, she is locked in a room with, with Norman, her. and she goes to sleep, yeah. and he has a knife. Yeah. And love, he's standing over her with a knife, and she wakes up. She's like, what are you doing, Norman? to be fair, she actually, by that point believes in Norman. Yeah. Which and is what I like about it. I know. That's it. It's right on that thing. fucking insane. But though. she knows that it's her and her mom's fault for trying to drive him insane but so she has this empathy okay, for him. Okay, so yeah, when he right. starts like, when he, okay, so at one point near the end he actually starts realize like starts losing his mind and he's getting phone calls from his mother who we're not supposed to know whether or not it's Meg Tilly's mother who is Lila Loomis. Little throwback there. Uh, well, the mom is just going, how do you work this cable box? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, trying to to drive him insane. And so she's not sure if it's her. She still thinks it's her mom. But then at one point she's like, oh, no, it's his real mom. Is he adopted? And then the sheriff's like, get the fuck out of here. And she doesn't leave. But yeah, I, but at that point, she's like pot committed. She's in here. She's like, He's I've been chasing with- her with the fucking knife. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like a Beauty and the Beast sort of scenario, right? Like no. she can tame this I wild mean, beast. No. This maybe thing, like, she's <laughs> no. dealing with massive amounts of guilt because she. Y'all are men. She, <laughs> no, actually, she, I mean, side she literally says in the movie, she argues with her mom, goes, what Norman's- we did was terrible. Norman is a sweetheart. It's horrible what we did to him, and I am going to stick by him instead of you. Which is before that sequence you're talking okay, about. Okay, you know, I get it, but and, and it's I'm just still like, not going to stand by. I kind of wish they killer. had made her character, like, where she had a psychi- psychiatric background or something, where she was like, okay, she, she I know how to talk to people. She was a psychology student she? at okay. one point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. She was so, so she's dealing with this sort of, like, as long as you know how to deal with people and talk to them, they're going to be fine. And she truly believes that she doesn't have violence left. Well, and that's the thing is like Anthony Perkins is so fucking good in this movie. Like it's I creepy. legit start to root for him though. Like it was like oh, you yeah. see, like you're just like these I'm fucking sorry, assholes. He's you... gonna make it. He kills one person, one person in, in the whole film. movie, and she, uh, the person who kills most of the rest right? of the people yeah. in the okay. film. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, but if you t- told me that I smelled like toasted cheese sandwiches, I'm fucking out of there. He's <laughs> he's awkward. He's weird. <laughs> Don't you smell? <laughs> you smell I like Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> Eat Oreos. He does like I do. Like there are some creepy like moments, whiskey. like some big, uh, like red cards going up when uh, she goes there and he's making sandwiches, and she's like, "Do you have any knives?" She's like, "No, I've been away from time. I haven't had uh, time to get my." Uh, 
Cutlery. He like has that line delivery. By the way, he said that was an accident. Oh, really? He said that, and he's like, I'm sorry, let's take it again. He's like, the director was like, no, no, no. Actually, they ended up reshooting it, but he said, do that again. Yeah, the performance, his performance in this movie is so good. Like, in the third act, I know we're jumping around a lot, but it's fine. Because I'm talking about his performance. Well, I mean, he's like, our goal is that you guys watch these movies. Yeah, so you know when he um when he's on the phone with what might be his mother and might be someone else and might be in his imagination, but he, um he's talking about what's her what's her face Tilly over there, Meg and Tilly. He's yeah. looking like it's like left on, left on his face, and he's like, I can't do that, mother. I can't. And like his eyes jet very slowly to the left to look at her. He's like killer right when his eye hits the frame of the camera, and then there's like his performance in it is just nice. so. Fucking spot on. He, the way he like shifts his eyes to the left so slowly and delivers like killer right when he's looking into the camera. It's incredible, man. It's a straight up Hitchcock bit of directing. Oh, yeah, it's like playing yeah. it out. And like it's that. an interesting choice that he makes to play it where he's almost a little bit having fun during those sequences. Will you question whether or not it's because he knows that the like the jig is up like mm-hmm. it makes you that's one of the questions does he know that what's going on because we See, know so maybe he knows and he's playing again exactly and that's that, the fun thing that's actually what I thought the whole entire time and that's what kept me so intrigued about this movie it's like does is he playing along does he know you know like you said that they're doing the long con or is it real and in the end it ends up being kind of sort of real. But um, whereas real, he keeps saying, "No, my real mother, my real mother," and and she does show up. All those scenes play incredible too. When like mm-hmm. she gets like the acting in between them too. When she gets in the mother's garb and she's like, "Listen to me, Norman." She's talking to him and like he's just like, "No mother, no like, mother." I love like that back and forth it, there. It's I, just he so really frantic. can't decide whether or not Norman is crazy or not, and I like how we just. Well, that's the a, end. It's one of the best lines where his psychiatrist is like, "If I could prove to you that your mother is dead and in a grave, would you would you like realize that she's not calling you on the phone?" He goes, "Well, yes." And then he leaves the room. He goes, "Be a great load off my mind, actually." <laughs> <laughs> it's and, so uh, good. Also, that's I, the I, fastest exhumation I've ever seen in my whole entire also life. Because, it psychology, an hour. because psychologists regularly can order exhumation of dead <laughs> yeah, bodies. That's right? a thing that happens. <laughs> He's a um, bad you know, doctor. What about? Besides Dennis Franz, who I want to give a shout out here, yeah, he's so slimy. I know he's like every character. He's so great. Like you know, was he in Hill Street Blues? I think was it Hill Street Blues or something like that? No, it was NYPD Blues. Yeah, something like that. Where people were like, they were like. We're showing nudity, and, and it was just Dennis Franz's ass. Yeah. Like, yeah. What? Nobody wants to see Dennis Franz. But he is short-lived and amazing in this. Um, Short but, being but, the opposite <laughs> word. Besides him, the sheriff actually caught a lot of my attention because he is so like small town sheriff, but he's actually smart. Yeah, and I he's love that like, too. Just because we're slow doesn't mean we're incompetent. Yeah. And he's just like, you need to leave, Missy. Like, get get out of town. Like, you need, you know. And he's like, you think he's just gonna be like the, you know, the yokel country guy, but he's actually like really great in this movie, and he knows his shit. And he's just yeah. like, I can't. And he's he actually mentions he's like, I can't. Convict him without a corpus delecti, and <laughs> I was just like, "Wow!" By the way, the mayor of the Western town in Back to the Future Three. Oh, there you go. The same, <laughs> perfect. Uh, he also appears in Psycho Three as the same character. So mm. um, yeah. the rest of the second movies are actually good, but like I haven't seen. They're like them. trashy good. Four is not good at all. Is that the radio I one? Feel like I feel like I. But three is is. Entertaining, but it's not good. Yeah, that's when it's just like Friday the Thirteenth. But Norman and that one was actually like, yeah. directed by Norman by Anthony Burr. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I had, I guess I had never seen this. I had never seen Psycho Two. Oh yeah, so. I'm happy to have seen it. Yeah, this yeah. was definitely a was pleasant good. surprise for yeah. me. I was not at all excited about this uh, one. Yeah, like I said, and- like I said in the intro, this is one of those movies that horror fans skipped because yeah. they were like, "Why would, th- would there's no way this movie is good?" It's yeah, good. and you know, I will say my intro to this movie is I've, it's very biased. And it's probably the reason why I love it so much. Was actually at QT Fest Six, I think. Which is a festival that Quentin Tarantino used to do in Austin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he'd play his own personal prints, and they did an overnight '80s movie. 80s horror movie marathon this is like the first movie up and I remember getting tickets and going there and being like 
This oh, is fuck. Awesome. I have to sit through Psycho 2? Like, and then going, <laughs> oh my god. And then, like, he entered it, and it was just like, trust me, trust me, guys, this is going to be great. You know, this frantic Quentin Tarantino way. And I watched it, and after, right after the movie, everyone was in the lobby talking about it, and he would come out of the lobby and just, like, talk to everyone, and it was just like, I was on a high from it. So, in my memory, this movie is, this is why I write for it so hard, but I do think it is legit really good. And, like, that shot you were talking about earlier, Patience, yeah. uh, from the attic down to the basement... I, that shot always sticks in my head because it's, it feels like when the movie transitions from this is like our reference to Psycho and Hitchcock and then it goes to see the kids going down to have yep. sex in the basement and it turns into like now we're the 80s slasher version exactly. of a Psycho movie and the rest of the movie sort of plays out like that um, and I just love that it's so conscious about those choices. Like, it feels like there are distinct choices being made. So at that second Quentin Tino Fest, the second one, I went to the second and third. I was not at the first I was there, and everybody wants to talk Tarantino, right? Because, mm-hmm. oh, my God, Tarantino. And he's doing a lot of, like, <laughs> I'm just talking on and on about whatever. And, like, people come up asking him a question, and he basically ignore it not and then say whatever he was going to say. He's obviously a bit of an egotist. Uh, I was wearing a Sandman T-shirt, and that book had just come out, like, two years beforehand. So it was kind of obscure at that point. And... He was like on his way to the bathroom and he stopped me and goes, holy shit, is that a, that's a Sandman shirt. And he stopped and talked to me for 30 minutes. About oh, wow. <laughs> Sandman. Uh, like we awesome. do, I, w- I was like, I'm not going to try and change the subject to ask him about movies because yeah. I got his little Tarantino I mean, in conversation. That's the, uh, the vibe I got from that festival in general is he's just like a yeah. nerd, a nerd who made it. So he is kind of an egomaniac, but he will talk to anyone in Anyone who will listen about as as they want to talk about and he'll just go and go and go and go and go. And it was like a fun experience. So this one also had a relatively low kill count. Um, yeah. Um, what was the kill count? I, I, Alan. Have, I have five. I got six. Okay. So like, actually, let me go Wait. through them. Because I didn't count Janet Lee either. Yeah. So yeah, because there might be someone. Because I have Mr. Toomey first, mm-hmm. um, who's NYPD Blue Dude, cut in the face. Yep. Kid. We That's a nasty, high, nasty effect. Too. It's a weird, cool yeah. effect. We have the high, this is my notes, high teen boy. Yeah. <laughs> stabbed, stabbed in the back with jam falling. Um, the girl gets away. We have, I have good goodbye Miss Loomis. Yeah, which <laughs> is my favorite kill. Knife, knife through the mouth, out the back of the yeah, neck. Yeah, it was Brutal so good. Kill. It's one of my it was favorites. so good. And then we have the dead doctor. Okay. Who gets stabbed and then and falls then, and hits the stair banner, which stabs him. And then stabs him even more. <laughs> yeah. That was so great. And then, and then Mia. you have Mary Mary Loomis, who gets death by cop. She gets oh, shot to death by the police. That's right. And then, and then you have the real Mrs. Mrs. Bates, ba- yes. who gets poisoned and hit in the back of the head with the shovel. Six, nice. That is a comprehensive list. So I'm, I love the mouth stab out the back of the that's neck. That's my favorite. But I, the shock of the shovel to the back of the head of the mom, I really love too. It's just a great scene. It's just a good scene, but the kill isn't necessarily. But this seems like. Him, like, kind of wearing up and getting it. Because you're really rude. Because, well, the thing is, you see the shovel. It's sitting there in the kitchen. You getting to see him kind of slowly do it. It's a really interesting scene for all those things you're talking about, but also because this whole movie has been about you slowly getting more and more on his side and then being worried for his own sanity because you're like, no, no, you just got it back. We support you. We want you to be okay. And, like, him eventually covered to that point at the end where you're like, no, he didn't kill anyone in this entire movie. He's going to kill one person, and it's the real psycho yeah. who actually killed all those people. But you realize by his very act of, even before he does it, you realize by his very act of doing it, he's just going back to the cycle yeah. the way he killed his, it, his uh, stepmom. Yeah, it's a <laughs> great and adopted. The, the, yeah, reveal, adopted the reveal of his, like, his, oh, it's his real mother. And it, she's the waitress in the diner, right? Right. Yeah, like, like this revolt early on. It is a really good his, twist his that I did not see coming. His adopted mom's sister. Yes, yeah. It, like the twist is perfect and it's set up and like the way the ending plays out. You're just like, so what is really happening? Like, is it really a mom or is he crazy? And it's not that reveal until like the knock of the door and she sits down. And it's like, oh, this is like seems like it's over the top and hokey, but it really works. So that final that, he has his real that final shot where he's standing outside the psycho house, which by the way is the house from the original one. They didn't have to rebuild it because uh-huh. if you ever went to Universal Studios in California back in the day, I, I think that shit's still standing even now. Yeah, yeah. it's but right across like, the street from the Jaws. But, so like that's that house is still from the original shot. They were like, we're never tearing that shit down. 
Um, they used that shot, that final shot of him standing outside of the lightning and, and mom in the window for a Christmas card before the movie even came out to the whole crew, which I thought was kind of fun. <laughs> the one thing about this that kind of made me like, oh, that's sad. Meg Tilly apparently was really full of herself. She had never even seen the original when she signed up. Her agent basically said, you should do this. And she got really openly mad like really mad about that all the press only wanted to talk to Anthony Perkins oh. because honestly you know, who gave a f- it's who fucking a psycho too it's a Jennifer sequel to one of the biggest horror sister. movies ever made <laughs> uh, I don't I, Jennifer Tilly didn't come out to like be kind of a thing till a little bit later right? I have no she idea if is, it's a big sister yeah, or little yeah. sister it's a big sister little sister but uh, Perkins like she was like actively making a point of bitching about it in front of Anthony Perkins and That's being a bad. real horrible person and Perkins was like I'm done trying to treat her civilly she's being horrible refused to talk to her except for just doing lines during filming and even said is there any way we could replace her and With refilm all of her scenes <laughs> oh, wow. just like like she had already wow. filmed half the movie like I think this is bad enough we should find a way to get rid of her which obviously they did not she's always called it her worst for- film experience ever but hey babe, I that's kind of on only you film yeah. well you know what like to be honest. whatever no, she's man been, she's been in a lot of stuff the, what, the proof yeah. the proof is in the pudding like because her performance is good in it so whatever mm-hmm. strife that they all went through I'm happy for it by the end because I think she, her and Perkins are really good and they play off like surprisingly have this clunky weird chemistry that's not like a despite not, the age difference yeah, this, not this, like, and not even necessarily romantic yeah. but they do play off each other well so testament to both of them for sticking it out because I love it well that is the end of the first episode of our sequels we only got two in of course, we uh, yeah, but they were, they were, but like Evil Dead, especially, was a big one for us yeah. to talk about. So we'll be back in another week with the at, at least three and four, if not three, four, and five, or maybe just part three, maybe just part three. Be <laughs> <laughs> a real long one. Uh, and thanks for listening. And what do we say, patients? Keep screaming. Yeah, I was worried for a second. <laughs> you were like, I'm not drunk what, yet. What do we say? <laughs>